Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantors, your host. I'm a speaker, a coach, and the founder of The C Method, where I'm all about helping high-performing professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more at thecmethod.com. Now, let me ask you something. Do you dislike dealing with conflict? Perhaps you don't ask for what you really want out of fear of being judged, or perhaps you find yourself agreeing with what everyone else wants so as not to step on anyone's toes or create an argument. Now, if this sounds like you, I'm so excited that you're here because in this episode, you're going to discover a way of communicating that will help you to have these difficult conversations and stand up for yourself in a way that feels good for both you and the other person. Sounds impossible? You might be thinking, as if, Christina, that's going to work. But seriously, it there is a thing, and it's called Nonviolent Communication. Now, I was recommended this book by my sister, Zay, who some of you may have heard on the podcast, um, and I read it. It's, it's by a guy called Marshall B. Rosenberg, and it blew my mind. I was like, this is unbelievable. So I was doing lots of research, and as I was researching, I found these amazing YouTube videos by a woman called Marianne Van Dyke. Now, Marianne is an expert in nonviolent communication. Um, she's the founder of Cup of Empathy, where she trains and coaches people from all around the world on how to improve their relationships and their lives through nonviolent communication. And I loved her videos so much that I reached out to her and I invited her on the show. So here it is. Um, in this conversation, um, here's what you'll learn. So we talk about what is non what is nonviolent communication and why it's so powerful. Uh, we talk about why good communication starts with how you communicate with yourself. And Marianne also takes us through the four steps to having a connecting conversation where you can ask for what you want and express yourself without creating that conflict. Sounds good? Okay. Let's meet Marianne Van Dyke. Now, my first question to Marianne was, how do you define nonviolent communication? Here she is. Actually, the word nonviolent communication, I don't really like the name. I didn't come up with that myself. Um, often people think, I don't know what you thought when you first heard it, but I thought like, oh, is it something hippie-ish or am I violent? I don't think so. <laughs> so it, it describes what it's not, right? So I think a, a word that I like better is connecting communication. So for me, what I'm teaching, what for me, what it's all about is how to stand up for yourself in a way that is connecting. Because quite often it feels like we have two options. Like either I'm going to go for what I want. Say, for example, I'm working together with someone and I want to use certain methods I might, you know, push for that a little bit and then I'm going for what I want. But it might feel a bit uncomfortable because I also want to be, you know, in, in connection or in harmony with the other person. And I feel that maybe now they like me a little bit less. And so that's the, mm. the option that I call being the bitch, which is maybe a little bit exaggerated, but being egoistic, being a bitch, that's how we often think of ourselves when we do that. And then the other option that we often see as an alternative is to um, give the other person what they want. So they want to use another method. Okay, I'm going to go with that. And so I'm adjusting myself. And then I'm more like a doormat. 
you might say. And so if we think that we only have those two options, either I'm being a bitch or I'm being a door doormat, that's pretty um, tragic, right? That's not really, really what we want. And so nonviolent communication has a way out of that, out of that, um, those two options. It seems very binary, doesn't it? Like black or white. Right. It's like you either win a conversation or you lose, you know, you win or lose an argument. Yes. It's very much about who's, who's right. And that's, and that's what nonviolent communication tries to get out of. And it's, yeah, I mean, defining it, I could almost, I mean, I'm actually writing a book uh, for beginners in nonviolent communication, but I could almost write a book about it, just sharing everything it can do and how it works. So yeah, I'm curious, what is it mostly that you would like to know? Um, sure. Well, why are you such a fan of nonviolent communication? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, there's, it's, there's really a life before a me before nonviolence communication and a me after the words suggest that it's just a communication method, but it's also really about how you speak to yourself. And so it's more of a way of living almost or a mindset. And so before I heard about it, I was really, um, uh, I wouldn't say shy, but insecure. And I was, um, I had a lot of burnouts in my work. I, I was working very hard, but I wasn't really able to even notice my own needs. Um, I had a lot of depressions. I had depressions every year and quite, quite seriously. Um, I also didn't have a relationship for seven years. So there, there was a lot um, not working and I was not really, you know, I tried to do therapy. I tried to do mindfulness, which was all kind of helpful, but when I saw nonviolent communication, I was like, oh, this, this is really the, the missing link. Um, and so I started learning it, starting to doing a course to become a trainer and a mediator. Um, and that was already, you know, a change in my life, like having, having a very fulfilling job. Um, but also I didn't have any depressions anymore after I learned it. I didn't have any burnout anymore, not even, you know, a little bit. I completely got out of that. Um, I have a great relationship. <laughs> so for me, it, there, yeah. there's really like, and of course this didn't happen in one week, but I can really say that even in the first month of learning it, I felt a lot of changes already. So that's why I'm like, everyone needs to learn this. It's yeah. Right. And we'll go into, into more depth as to how, like what it actually looks like. But yeah. I'm, I'm curious, what was actually what was during the time when you were burning out and overworking, what was yeah. missing? Like when you say before that it's not just mm. a way of communicating, it's a mindset shift. What was the, the shift that you made? Yeah. Mm. Well, I think it's, it's several things. It's, um, you know, it, we really get brought up in being nice a lot. At least that's, that's my experience. And so doing just automatically what I think the other person might want, that, that really, I really made a change in that. Um, so you had this, so, so I just want to make sure I've heard you correctly. So did you yeah. have this identity of I need to be nice in yes. order to work well with others? Yes. And also, again, this thought of like, um, and if I... Um, if I get what I want, the other person might not get what they want. And often that was true in a way, like that was my experience. So, and if I would try to stand up for myself, yeah, maybe I would get judgments or I would. So there was all kinds of things that weren't, um, weren't so great. 
And so NVC helps to, to translate judgments from other people, for example, which makes it way less scary to say what I want. Mm. Um, it helps you to say no in a way that is more connecting for the other person, less painful to hear. And so you'll actually be more likely to say no. So the, it, it's like not really one thing, but like a series of things that, that, um, that help me. And it's like the basic mindset is that there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. And so as long as I keep thinking that what you did to me, that you did mm. something bad, there will, be, there will be a clash between us because that's very painful for you to hear. So you will say, no, that's not true. You will go against that. And so if you go out of that, that's also where, um, and yeah, the basic principle is that behind every strategy that we have, NVC says that there are strategies that people do, like their preferences, the concrete things that we want. Um, actually, it's nice maybe if I give an example of that, because it might, might get a bit abstract otherwise. Sure. And it shows how, how you can get out of any... Um, conflict of you wanting something a and i want something b and this is really for me the the key to um yet yeah, to stand up for yourself in a way that is connecting so i have an example actually for me my boyfriend which is very simple so i like i like to use that which is that one day i came home and i was really tired i'd done a pres presentation somewhere i wanted to be in my bed sheets over my head and just be in complete silence and my partner, I opened the door and he was behind his laptop and he was super happy. He wanted to show me some videos. He was like, oh, you can't see these videos. They're really, uh, really funny. And I was like, oh, no, I don't think I can do that. And so on the level of what NBC calls strategies, there was a clash, right? I had the strategy to be in bed with sheets over my head in silence. And the, the strategy of my partner was uh, to show me these funny videos. And so... In our daily life, we speak like 90% of the time in strategies. And conflict always happens on the level of strategies. It only happens on the level of strategies where we can, we can clash, different things can clash. Um, and so what NBC says is that behind every strategy, there is a need. And the word need, I mean, we use that in our daily life as well, right? You might see, I, I, I really need coffee or, you know, I need to do more yoga. And those are, again, strategies. Right. So that in, in, in NBC terms, right? So the strategy um, is the thing that we want to do. Yeah, the concrete the, thing that we want to yeah. do. Okay. Yes. Um, and so behind each of those strategies, there are abstract needs. And so abstract needs are, for example, um, harmony, understanding, um, playfulness, uh, to be appreciated, to be heard. Um, and those needs are, they are abstract and they are, in, um, NBC says they are universal, which means that if I, so let's go with the example again, um, you know, maybe I would judge, I could even judge my boyfriend's uh, wish to watch videos all the time. But if I hear his need, maybe I'm curious if you can, can have a guess what could, could have been the needs behind our strategies. Maybe his need was to connect with you through yes. watching funny videos yes that's a very it's a very close like he said it was contact but it's very it was very much in that area yes and what do you get so your need might have been for just some tranquility and time to yourself 
so that you could relax and recharge. Yes, right. Yes, I, I express it as rest. You know, I long for rest. And so if you go there, it's way easier to find connection. Like, you know, in this case, his, his wish wasn't really triggering me. But if it would, because he's always watching these videos, you know, hearing that, hey, it's about contact, I might be, be more, have more compassion or understanding for that. Mm. And so then, um, you know, we knew these needs, we figured out our needs. And on the level of needs, there is no clash. There's no such thing as clashing needs if you, if you use the, the MBC needs. There's a way to combine all needs. Even if you're, for example, in a group, in a team, there might be, you know, eight needs. And of course, then it's, it requires a bit more creativity. But in theory, it's always possible to meet, to meet all needs. It's a matter of being creative. Absolutely. And so we got creative. We, we just started brainstorming a bit like, okay, we have a need for contact and there's a need for rest. How could we combine those? They might seem a bit, bit you know, clashing, right? But so we were thinking and then my, my partner said, hey, how about I give you a massage? Then you have your need for rest and I have my need for contact. And so that's what we like, ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> so it's really about um, taking two steps, actually, if you want to, you know, there's, there's a lot of systems and things in MVC, but the most simple thing is just to take two steps. You find your strategy, you go to the level of needs. That's the first step to go to the level of needs instead of strategies. And then the second step is come up with a new strategy that meets all needs that are involved. Hi, Rockstar. I want to take a quick break to give a shout out to everyone who is registered for my upcoming webinars next week. So far, we have over 100 people registered, which is amazing. This is the first... Well, it's, just, it's the first webinar I've done for the C method ever. So I'm really, really excited for this. Um, the webinar is on the keys to assertive communication. So if being more assertive and speaking up in the workplace is something that you want to do more of and you haven't yet registered, then make sure you do register. You can go to thecmethod.com slash free webinar to do so. Now, I'm doing two webinars. They are the same content at different times to accommodate different time zones. Check that link for the specific timing. Now, if you can't make the times, register anyway as you will be sent the replay. Now, it's important you do this because I won't be sharing the webinar publicly afterwards. It's only going to people who have registered. So make sure you jump on that right now. The link again, thecmethod.com slash free webinar. The link is also in the description of this podcast in your app. I can't wait to see you on the webinar. It's going to be super fun. Okay, let's get back to the show. Can we dive into the the four NVC steps? So that's my understanding is that there's four steps to having a conversation with someone where maybe you're feeling hurt or frustrated and you really want to express yourself or you want mm -hmm. someone to stop doing something or do something different. Um, yeah. And often we might call these, you know, um, uh, a difficult conversation or it might, right. or there might already be some conflict between you and someone else. Can you talk us through the steps to how we can have a more productive connecting conversation using NVC? Yes. Yes. So actually we covered already a little bit one step, which is about the need, but if I would really go through all four of them, the first one is making an observation. 
and an observation is is different from an interpretation or a judgment an observation is completely neutral so it could be uh, say that that you are the person that it's about um, uh, hey i sent you an email yesterday and i haven't received a reply yet right, right. I, I would even like say that right because okay. maybe you did reply or you thought you replied and that might already diffuse the whole thing but i will i would describe what happened in very neutral terms can you share an example of what a judgmental version of that would be so of what not to do yeah well first of all if if i would mix in something like um you, or if i would say you ignored my email for example mm. Um, or you you didn't reply again hmm. or yeah if I give an interpret like ignoring is like it's an interpret it's a bit of a judgment right ignoring yes. is never a nice thing and it's an interpretation of what you were doing I don't know at all like um, what was going on in your head yeah so sharing an observation which is neutral so I sent an email yesterday at 2 p.m and I haven't yet received a reply yes so that's an observation yes or, um I walked into the meeting room and you didn't acknowledge my presence. Is that? Yeah, it's already actually. Was that judgmental? Be tricky to, yeah. So I would say I was walking into the meeting room and you looked at your phone. Okay, sure. As soon as, as you could start defending yourself, when I say my observation, it's not an observation. Say that again. So if I make an observation, and you start defending yourself, I know that, okay, that was not an observation that I made. So right. if I tell you, what was your, your first version again? It was... So my first version was, when I walked into the meeting room, you didn't acknowledge me. I did. I did totally acknowledge you. Mm. Right? Yeah. I, I already so feel like a bit like, yeah. mm, okay, I did something wrong. And that's, you don't want to, you don't want to, yeah, have that vibe when you make your observation or at all, actually, that you did something wrong. Right. Yeah. So I walked into the meeting room and you looked out of the window or you looked at your phone. And then um, th that's the first step, right? So mm -hmm. then the second one is to share my feeling. And so at, in a workplace situation, I might leave that out, but I'm just going to, in order to be complete, I will include it now. And the reason is that sometimes it's just a little less accepted to be as vulnerable. So it depends on the kind of, you know, if you're in a very corporate sure. workplace or maybe if, how you feel with this person. But so I could say, you know, you, uh, I, I send you the email. I, have, I, I haven't heard yet and I feel concerned. Um, that will be my feeling. So that's, feel so that's step two. So I feel yes. concerned. I feel concerned, yes. And also here, and so that's in, in all the steps, it's very tricky not to mix in judgments so I feel ignored, for example, is not a feeling. That's actually a thought that you are ignoring me. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's maybe a bit too much to really dive into. But if, if people are curious, I have a whole video about it's called pseudo feelings. Yes. So I feel ignored. I feel cornered. Those are all thoughts, actually. Something so I've also noticed that hmm. when I ask, so when I'm working with clients, when I ask them, how they feel, they'll say, I feel like I wasn't listened to. And yes. I say to them, no, no, that's a thought. That's a judgmental thought because you can't, f that's not an emotion. And I know yes. you have a, you have a list of emotions that people can download, right? 
Yes, I have a list of feelings and of needs, feelings. actually. Yeah. Yes. So then you can just, if you pick an, a feeling and a need from that, that list, then you're sure you're, you're in the right, <laughs> you pick the right one. Yes. Okay. So let's say that again, we are, let's, so let's say we are able to share our yes, feelings. Yes. Yes. Um, and so the next step would be to share the need. And so um, there's also the need actually to, to know, to be in the know. So I feel concerned because I really would love to know where you are with the project. So that's the need. I would love to know. Can I, um, can I ask a question there, Marianne? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going, just going back to the feelings, why is it important that we do share how we feel? Yes, it's, it's partly for yourself to be heard. To be, it can be very reassuring if, you know, if I say I feel angry when someone is really acknowledging like, okay, because the feeling just shows the importance for you, right? If you feel really sad, you want someone to hear that because, because then they also know how important it is for you. And it can be more connecting, like, you know, like when someone says, oh, I actually feel a bit insecure or I felt shame that I messed up with this. It can be just... Um, yeah, just more like, oh, we're two human beings and mm. um, you can receive more compassion from the other person when you share the feeling. And it's more vulnerable, which is also why sometimes you might want to leave it out in a work area, for example. Yeah. Although I would encourage people to try to share their feelings in the work environment and, and to be vulnerable. Because yes. I think yes. the more we can do that, the more it encourages everyone else to as well which will yes. allow for just better communication all around. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it's my dream. And I know there's actually um, companies that are fully based on NVC and it's really amazing. They work wow. so well. So, yeah, it's really, uh, really helpful if you can do it. Um, so the fourth one, the last one, is to make a request. And it's not always necessary. Sometimes when I share my need, um, it's just I just want to be heard in something. But quite often it's helpful to make a concrete request after that just like you know my boyfriend and I got to the massage that was the concrete request the concrete strategy that we came up with and so I could ask so I I was saying um, I send you an email I haven't heard yet I feel concerned because I would really love to know where you are with the project Um, can we just go over the list of all the tasks and can you tell me where you are that's the last thing can we go over the list and with Mm. tasks and can you tell me where you are with it that is a request. It's very concrete. Um, the other person knows, knows exactly what, what I want from them instead of just saying, hey, I want more clarity. And right. then it's just, sometimes if you only share the need because it's abstract, you know, I want to be, be heard. I want to be appreciated. The other person doesn't know what to do. So they might feel very overwhelmed or, yeah. So it's, it, it can be very important to, do, to include step four. So let's use the example, let's say someone um, is a team member or they're a leader and they, they aren't feeling appreciated by their boss, for example. Right. Um, can we sort of walk through what that would look like in terms of what the request would be? Yeah. So first of all, if you notice, you know, you would love more appreciation, I would start by thinking, okay, what, what would be my dream? of what my boss would do or say. It doesn't have to be the thing I'm actually going to ask, but just to start dreaming, like what would 
receiving appreciation concretely look like? And it might bring up shame because, you know, appreciation is sometimes something that we're like, ah, you shouldn't need so much compliments or something. So depending on, on the person. So say, for example, that I would love my boss to say, wow, something about my growth. Like, you know, you came in here and you were, uh, you didn't know how to do this and this, and now you really do. And I can see that you grew a lot. That's actually what I would love, love to hear about. So it's often a specific area maybe that you want appreciation in and the way can be different. Like sometimes, you know, people would like to hear it one-on-one. Sometimes maybe my dream would be that, you know, the whole team would be there and my boss would appreciate me in front of the whole team. So I start with dreaming and maybe I'm like, oh, I'm a bit ashamed that I want the whole team to hear this, but maybe that's my, that's my dream. Right. And then um, I start thinking about the talk and how I could ask this in a way that I feel comfortable because maybe there is this shame or there is this, this question of how would my boss take this? And so, so for example, the observation could be, you know, I've worked here for the past year and I came in, um, you know, not knowing how to do this and this. And I noticed I really long for some appreciation around it. I notice it's something that really motivates me. So sometimes I would share the needs. I notice I'm doing it now and actually sharing also the needs behind the needs. So I I long for appreciation because I've noticed that really gives me motivation to even go more out of my comfort zone, for example. Hmm. So I'm making it even more, more relatable for the other person. Like, and maybe also showing it's in their interest, right? Like, Oh, I would be even more motivated to grow if I would sometimes hear something. And so I could say like, you know, my, uh, I would really love it if you would be willing to say something that you, that you've noticed in me in the past year around this topic of, of growth, would you be willing to share that? Something like that. Okay. I'm curious how, how that makes, how that sounds to you. And if you feel like that's doable or maybe it brings up something like, oh, would people really dare to do that or. I really like the way you framed it where you're actually making it, you're positioning it so that it's going to benefit the company as well. And by mm-hmm. being really open and honest about about your need to um, have that appreciation in order to then be motivated, which is then going to help the company or the team or the project. So I really like that you, that you did that because it's not making it all about you and your selfish needs, so to speak, like – because if it's just like, oh, I, I really just want to feel appreciated, that could come across as making it all about you. And I think yeah. upon hearing that, it all it sounds so genuine that if I was the boss in that situation, I, I wouldn't be able to argue with that because how can you argue with someone's needs? Because if someone says, um, I, I need this, like this is an important need for me in order to do well, I can't say, no, it's not. Mm. right or or like if someone says I feel you know I am feeling somewhat underappreciated I can't say no you're not because like you can't argue with how someone's feeling or with what they need and I think making that specific request is is totally reasonable but I think it does Mm. come down to the way you express it so yes using language where it's like is this something you would be willing to do instead of I want you to 
tell me how great yes. I am every day. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very different. Yes. And I always recommend my students to practice this with someone because sometimes, you know, you can try it out and see and be like, oh, actually that didn't sound that great. Or your, your, your tryout partner can say like, mm, when you say this, I kind of feel a little bit. So yeah, if it's really scary, if it's really an important thing, it really can help to try it out. And even say, for example, you just don't see your boss ever giving you appreciation or you just don't dare to ask it. You can even role play it with someone that pretends to be your boss and you can do the same thing and receive somehow meet the need for appreciation with another person. And I'm sure practicing with other requests as well that are maybe a lower sort of that lower pressure environment um, would be worth doing as well. Yeah. You mean practicing with people you feel more safe with? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I would really recommend. Actually, you know, your boss is one of the most challenging people to start doing NVC with. So I would really recommend starting with with friends or colleagues that you feel really comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the, what would you say is one of the um, biggest challenges that people have when trying to implement NVC? Well, the first thing is that it's almost like learning a new language. Um, And so in the beginning, you know, if I learn French, it will sound, it might sound a little bit, um, I might be stuttering a bit and it might be a bit robotic. And so you want connection, but when you sound different, all of a sudden people might have resistance to that. And so again, that's why I really recommend practicing with, you know, preferably someone that's maybe also learning nonviolent communication or with your friends or I mean, I have uh, a friend uh, who's also an NBC trainer and she, in the first year, she just did it with herself. And so I uh, actually self-connection is a really important part in NBC. So just sitting with yourself and figuring out your needs behind certain strategies that you have or behind, you know, when someone, um, when something happened that you didn't like, oh, what's actually the need behind these judgments that I have? Um, if you do that a lot, you get actually fluent at it, you know, with yourself. So you can try it more easily with, with other people. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you, you mentioned that about around practicing with yourself. I think being able to communicate, if you want to be a great communicator, the first place to start is communicating with yourself and being aware of what are the things that you are saying to yourself. And when you can get practiced at that, then you and expressing yourself to yourself, then you can you will be better, um, more effective at expressing yourself to others, um, yeah. as well. Well, Marianne, this has been really fascinating, and I'm so glad that you know we were able to have this conversation. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about the work you do with your clients, and where can people connect with you? Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm running a program at the moment, um, and that's really meant I'm I'm really an expert in like intimate relationships with partner and family. But because people were asking me like, oh, I want to do this at work as well, I I included the section about that specifically, like how to do it at work. And if people like to to try out kind of for free um, how it's like to work with me, I have a free webinar that's actually next week. And people can find it on my website. It's cupofempathy.com. I'm sure there'll be there'll be a link uh, sure. somewhere. And um, I guess downloading the needs, the list with needs and feelings on my website would be a good one. 
or if people don't like webinars, um, there's a lot of videos on YouTube. If you type nonviolence communication, you probably see my channel as well. It's also called Cup of Empathy. Love it. And any final words for the listeners in order to help them get started with NVC perhaps? The last thing I would say is to, like I see a lot of people going into learning NVC in a kind of self-judgmental way. So, oh, I'm not doing it right. And so indeed, I would really recommend, I have a whole playlist about self-connection to start there, to start slowly and to really, yeah, to have this compassion for yourself while you're learning instead of it being another thing on your to-do list, you know, that you have to do right. So yeah, that will be my last, the last thing. Well, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Marianne. Yes. Thank you so much. A huge thanks to Marianne Van Dyke for being such a wonderful guest on the show this week. Make sure you check out her videos and her website. Um, Go to cupofempathy.com. I'll also link up to where you can connect with her in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 233. Now, before I leave you, remember, if you have not yet registered for my free webinars, The Keys to Assertive Communication, please do so. Go to thecmethod.com slash free webinar and jump on that. Remember, I won't be sharing the replays publicly. So even if you can't make it, register anyway, and I'll send you the replay. And that brings this week's episode to a close. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome. And I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.